0: to the Last Gen podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, welcome back to the Last Gen podcast. My name is Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, and I'm back, baby. I don't know if you miss me. Don't care. I miss doing it. We just got done with um, two weeks of, uh. I guess I'm a guest host as well, but other guest hosts, so you don't just have to listen to my voice all of your life, but you can hear some variety. We just had an episode with my aunt, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. And that was, let me tell you, that was great. That was really helpful um, for a lot of reasons. But I think that one, honestly, was, was probably... It's one of the most important ones that we've done so far. Because she talked about... The title was, How to Be Pure in an Impure World. Um, and she talked about how to be pure. And uh, she talked about the S word. Yes, we're talking about sex people. So she talked about that and how, as a young person... There's so much temptation in that area to 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 sin, and it's it's being thrown at you left and right. Um, but there's a way out. You don't have to just go with the current. So she talked about that, and uh, and answered probably some questions that you have about that. You know, maybe you don't have people to talk to about stuff like that. But but this this episode was really helpful. Um, so that one was good, and then we also got done with. Another guest host, returning guest host, Evangelist Preston Shuttlesworth, came on and he talked about what sin does to your mind. That was also very relevant. You know, I say that we, I always say that we're not like trying to be relevant. Like we're not looking for relevance, in that we, you know, we're not just trying to cater to what's cool and and talk. You know, I'm relevant because I've got Yeezy, so I can speak to this generation, and you really need to. You really need to get on their level to be relevant. We're not talking about that relevance, but but those two episodes were relevant in another way. Relevant because they're answering questions that youth and young adults are asking at this time. And that's super important because we don't want to be just like coming on here and talking about like, you know, how useless would it be if we talked about if we got on here and talked about uh, you know, something to do with I I don't I don't know, just like something that's not applicable. You know how, how how to stay firm in the years of retirement or what you know whatever, something like that. That would be completely useless. So we're speaking directly to youth, and uh, w- technically we are all, all are youth. So I am, Evangelist Preston is, he's 22 I believe, and uh, just to win some brownie points, so is my aunt. So hope she's listening. You're welcome. Anyways, today's episode is a little bit different. Oh, where am I? Good question. I'm not in my studio slash my closet. I've actually come out of the closet guys, and now you're listening to me from Jasper, Indiana. We're here in Jasper, Indiana. Where's Jasper, Indiana? I do not know it is out there. We're out there, but it's actually a cool town. It's a cool German town. We're here for a revival. um it was we had we've already had some powerful services um. Last night was very powerful. My uncle preached the house down. You guys got to check out. If you're listening to me within the same week that I'm releasing it, I I would encourage you. First of all, if you're in the area, obviously, come and check it out. But second of all, if you're not, you can watch it on live stream. Last night was very powerful. Very, very powerful. So go watch this. It'll be a help to you. Today is day 16? No. Yeah, day, it's the seventeenth of January, so today's day sixteen of our twenty-one day fast, which is insane. That is mind blowing. Day sixteen, it's gone so fast, and in, in a good way, like in a really good way. And I, I agree with my uncle. He's been saying like this is probably the easiest fast he's been on, and though he's fasted way longer than I have, I'm telling you like this this one's been easier. Than all the other ones I've done. Something special about this one. So. But it's been powerful. We've already seen miracles in my own life. I've seen God move. And it, it's super powerful. So if you're if you're on this 21 days of fasting with us, stay strong. We're almost there. We're four days out, five days out from from finishing, and God's gonna reward you. So this is a bit of a different kind of episode. It's uh we're not talking about something directly from you know like we're not talking about like three keys to staying holy or or 12 keys to guarding the anointing we're talking about something though those things are practical i'm going to talk to you about something that is going to be straight straightforward you can apply these things today and uh, they're really going to help you in life not not just like your youth but past your youth because i've i've seen this problem in all of the years i've lived all 17 of them. I've seen this this kind of problem surface a lot, especially among Christians. And it's not right that it is. Because, you know, well, without getting it, let, let me just tell you what we're talking about today. The title is, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. Very confusing if you haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to explain. You don't have to suck at anything. The title today is You Don't Have to Suck at anything. And yes, that is very much clickbait. That's that's a very clickbaity title. But but I was thinking about it today, and I've been thinking about it for the past couple of days. If you want a subtitle um for this uh, for this podcast, it's you don't have to suck at anything slash how to expedite your calling. So if you're taking notes, how to expedite your calling. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot for the past couple of days. Um, I've been thinking about how as Christians, it's very much like expected for Christians to suck at things. This is what I mean. Let's say you're a Christian entrepreneur. Let's say you're a businessman. You know, not everyone is called into the fivefold ministry, and I understand that. So a lot of times when you hear preachers talk, they, they talk directly to ministers but not everyone's in ministry. A lot of people, I mean, most people are not in ministry. Most people shouldn't be in ministry. Most people do jobs like, you know, business. They do construction. They do, they do every, you know, doctors. And, and those are so important. Don't ever think that because you're not a minister, your, your calling isn't important to God. It's very important. Very, very important. You have your place in the kingdom. God's called you to do something specific. Something that he's appointed you to do and anointed you to do. And it doesn't have to be preach the gospel. I mean, though every believer is called to preach the gospel, you don't have to... Not everyone's a full-time minister. You understand what I'm saying? So, what I've seen a lot is like there's this expectation for Christian men and women in whatever they've called to do, whatever they've been called to do, like if they're a businessman, they go into into their business or they're an entrepreneur and they start a business and and it's almost like people expect them to really suck at it and then maybe they do but they, they push it off on well I'm a Christian entrepreneur I'm a Christian businessman this is a Christian store this is a Christian clothing line and they use that as like an excuse for everything to be like half done everything to be like terrible quality Customer service is terrible and they just expect other Christians to buy their stuff. Like if you own a Christian clothing line, your main marketing thing should not be that it you're a Christian, so other Christians should buy from you. No, if your business sucks, I'm not buying from you. If you're a Christian lawyer and you are terrible at practicing law and you've got a terrible track record, I'm not hiring you. If you're a media if you're a, a, a designer. If you're a graphic designer, if you're a website designer, and you your whole thing is, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian graphic designer, so hire me. If you suck, I'm not hiring you. So so don't think that because you're a Christian, now you can just like half do all of the things that God's called you to do. Actually, it's on the contrary. It's very much on the contrary. As a Christian, why, why is it that Christians aren't held to a higher standard? Not to a lower standard. But think about this. You have a severe advantage, not a disadvantage as a Christian. You have a severe advantage. I want you to write in your notes, I have an advantage in, and then fill in the blank with whatever field you're called to do. I have an advantage in practicing law. I have an advantage in carpentry. I have an advantage in entrepreneurship whatever you're called to do you have a severe advantage to the unbeliever why because you've got the Spirit of God you've got the mind of Christ you've got favor on your life you've got divine blessing you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so how is it that a Christian is going to how is it that a Christian businessman who's got the mind of Christ who's anointed by the Holy Spirit who, who literally has the, a life-giving spirit living on the inside of them? Who, who is a giver, a sower, and, and, and because of that reaps the benefits, is abundantly blessed and supplied? How is it that that person is worse than a businessman who's strung out on drugs, who sleeps around, just a complete sinner? Why is it that Christians are almost ten times worse in every area? And it should not be that way. It should not be that way. When when the Hebrews were brought into capt- captivity in Babylon, they examined the Hebrew children Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. They examined them, and they said to them, the the Hebrew children said to the Babylonians, "We are not going to eat your your meat because it might have been sacrificed to idols, and we're not going to drink your wine." we're gonna be set apart we're gonna obey God rather than man so they set themselves apart and they said this they said listen if you let us do what we're called to do and, and and follow the commandments of God we promise you can examine us at the end and see who's better us or the ones that that drink the king's wine and eat the king's meat so they did a test period they tested it out and so the Hebrew children followed the law of god the hebrew children followed what god told them to do did not eat the meat of the king or drink the king's wine and then they came back after that testing period and even the babylonians said this this wasn't god saying this the babylonians said that the hebrew children were 10 times better than every other person 10 times better than every person Who fell in line with the the system of the world. Who ate the king's meat. Drank the king's wine. They looked ten times better physically. They performed ten times better. They were ten times better in every area of life. Because they followed God. And so as a Christian you don't have a license to have a sucky business. Sorry I'm using that word. I know in some countries that that is like a curse word. But it's not. In America I I was informed about that and I was like well people must think I have a foul mouth no it just means bad you don't you don't have a have the right to just have a crappy business because you know I'm a Christian businessman no you should be ten times better you've got a severe advantage write that down if you haven't I have a severe advantage in graphic design I have a severe advantage in the automotive industry, I've got a severe advantage in sales. All of these things, you've got a huge advantage, huge, and it's time you tap into that. And so we're going to be talking about practical steps, like things that you can do today. Like you'll turn, you can turn off this podcast, and I'm not going to. I'm trying. I'm not going to try to go for longer than an hour, hopefully, or even 50 minutes. I'm going to shoot for 45, actually. And so here's some practical things, some practical steps that you can take that, because think about this, as we're fasting and praying, what are we praying for? We're praying that God would, first of all, show us what he's called us to do, give us divine direction. All right, once he's done that, now we have divine empowerment. We've got to do that. We've got to pray for that and he's gonna answer that prayer. But now we have to understand that even when we fast and pray, and I'm praying for God to, to anoint me to do this task, to, to position me, give me favor in this field. Yes, he'll do that. But then it is not up to God whether I succeed or fail. Listen, God can set you up to be the greatest businessman. He already has. And if I don't do anything in my day, every day, in order to make that happen, it will never happen. It will never happen. Think about this. I've known since I was twelve that God, God's called me into the ministry. Now imagine. So God gave me that direction, and I've known since I'm twelve. I'm seventeen now. Imagine if throughout my whole life I would just say, you know, what, what do you? Someone asked me, "What do you want? Me, what do you want to do when you grow up?" Well, God called me to be a preacher. I'm going to be a preacher, and I just kept saying, "I'm going to be a preacher. I'm going to be a preacher." Yeah, you can say that. And then if I don't take any steps, if I don't actually preach, I'm not a preacher. If I don't actually take steps, if I don't actually study the word and pray, if I don't actually go out and win souls, then nothing's going to happen. God doesn't just throw things in people's laps. He sets them up for success. But you actually have free will. And a lot of people, I'm telling you, a lot of people will get to the end of eternity the Bible says that we're going to pass our works through the fire. And some will come out wood, hay, and stubble, and, and they'll be burned in the fire. Nothing will come out on the other side. Because th- those will be the Christians that haven't done anything with what God's given them. Then there will be some Christians that pass their works through the fire, and only half of it's burnt up, and they did half of what they could have for the kingdom of God. But then there's going to be another group of Christians that pass their works through the fire and they're coming out precious stones and gold and silver because what they've done well with what they're given and that's gonna be us in Jesus name we're not gonna be ones who get to the end of eternity and realize we've been slacking off this whole time I mean what I mean what a what a crazy thing that would be for some people at the end of eternity, they, they pass their works through the fire thinking they've done so much for God. Look, look, Lord, I, I, I made this whole business idea. You know, I, I launched this company that you told me to launch. I, I went into the field you told me to do. And then you actually realize you didn't do even half of what God told you to do. You haven't even, you haven't even scratched the surface of what God planned for your life. There's, there's people, think about this, there's preachers whose God's, God's positioned them to be Billy Graham's. In their generation but because of their laziness and because they haven't pressed forward done anything they will remain unknown they'll remain anonymous nobody will know their name not because God didn't want them to be big not because he didn't want them to have a big impact but because though God has set them up they did nothing they didn't preach they didn't teach they didn't read the word they didn't pray they didn't fast And, and you and I are not like that. We're fasting. We're praying. But then after the fasting and praying, it's time to take action. Faith without works is dead. We're engaging our faith. Now it's works. So here are three things. How to expedite your calling. Number one, we kind of covered it, covered it already. Number one, have a desire to increase and be the best. Have a desire to increase and be the best. You should want to be the absolute best in your industry. Let's say God has called you into automotive sales, a car salesman. You should want to be not just the best in your, in your dealership, but the best in, in the city, then the region, then the state, then the tri-state area, then the country. That should be your goal. Because, listen, the Bible says God brought Moses up to the top of a hill on a mountain and said, as far as you can see, that's the land that I'll give you. That's powerful. As far as you can see, that's the land that I've given you. You cannot take what's not in your vision. You've got to have first a vision to take it, then take it. I'll say that again. You cannot take what is not in your vision. You first have to see it. I don't have some small ambition to be an evangelist and and preach in the same church every, you know, have have one meeting every four months and have like 10 people come to Christ every two months. You know, I've got a huge vision. You've got to have a huge vision If your vision is small, it's time to expand it. Expand your vision. You should want to be the best. If you're a businessman, you should want to be the the most wealthy businessman. Religious people get mad about that, but who has influence? Is it rich people or poor people? It's rich people. You know what, side note, you know what helped me with getting that American mentality out of my head? about you know you shouldn't want you know you really shouldn't want money in any way you should just want the presence of the lord you know you don't want money because that's bad and that'll that'll get you to to take your eyes off of god amen and you'll just start to want things and money's the root of all evil you know what got me out of that mentality because every every american has grown up in it let me tell you that is a stronghold in america that needs to be broken The hate for the blessing of the Lord. You know what what broke that in my life? Reading the book of Proverbs once. Read the book of Proverbs once and you'll see what God's plan is for for his children. It's not to be poor. It's not to just get by. But it's to be rich. Alright, that was just a side note. But you should want to be the best in in your industry. Wherever you are. If you're you're called in the ministry, you should want, not that you're competing with other ministers, but you compete against the devil. You should want to to take as many souls out of the kingdom of God. If you're going to be a pastor, you should want to have the biggest church. Have a big vision. As far as you can see is the land that I'll give you. That's powerful. As far as you can see. What can you see in your life? Do you have a small vision? Well, you know, this is as far as my dad got in practicing law. You know, he had a small firm. So that's where, you know, never let your, your faith be based on where other people left off. Their, ce- their floor should be your ceiling. Their floor should be your ceiling. So number one, how, how to expedite your calling. Have an increase, have a desire to increase and be the best in whatever area that God has called you. Number two, fully immerse yourself. Fully immerse yourself. If you're taking notes, that's the second point. Fully immerse yourself. I'm going to take you to a verse of scripture that gets me stirred up every time I read it. And right now, I'm in a hotel, and I didn't bring my nice preaching Bible, so I whipped out the old Gideon's, the old faithful. Gideon's Bible, that's in every single hotel in America. Praise God. I want to take you to a couple of verses of Scripture. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. This will get you excited. 1 Timothy 4 and 14. And I'm sorry in advance. I don't know fully because we don't have the full setup. I don't fully know what's happening with the sound. So like when I say something like, (sighs) wait, pop, pelosives. See, I don't, it says it's redlining, but I hope it's not. So I apologize if it got a couple of pops in there. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. You should memorize the scripture. It's a, it's a great scripture to memorize. I think these are NIVs, but I've got them in other translations. 1 Timothy four fourteen and 15. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. All right? Verse 15, practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so all may see your progress. Let me read that in another translation. New Living, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give, listen to this, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into these tasks so that everyone will see your progress. The English Standard. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Paul is writing to Timothy. And he's saying, you've got a gift inside of you. A special gift that God has given to you by the elders' prophecy. They lay The elders of a church laid their hands on Timothy and imparted something to him, a spiritual gift. Now, what's interesting about this is that if that spiritual gift was just automatic and that spiritual gift was just going to manifest whether Timothy did anything or not, then why in the world would Paul tell Timothy, do not neglect your gift which was given to you? Then he gives further instruction. He said, practice these things, be diligent in them in second timothy he talks about another spiritual gift he said to timothy timothy fan into flames the gift of god that's inside of you through the laying on of my hands so yes timothy had a gift from god there was a spiritual gift on the inside of him but it wasn't just going to happen automatically it's not just going to happen automatically What did he say? Fan into flames. That means it's on Timothy. He said, do not neglect. Be diligent in these matters. That means if Timothy wasn't diligent in those matters, it would just fall to the floor and, and be useless. So God's given you a gift. He's given you a gift. There's a specific thing that God's anointed you to do better than anyone else. It's very specific and it's very important. So God's given you that gift. You may have impartation from other men of God, other people who have gone before you, but then it's up to you. So that what does he say? Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into the tasks. Immerse yourself in them. You've got to be so fully immersed in whatever you're called to do. And for this one, I'm going to give you a website that really helped me with this. This one website, I don't know if you've heard about it, but this one website has immensely helped me. And this thing, you can go to it whenever you want, it's completely free. And literally all of the knowledge of the world that you could ever want is in this one website. You ready for it? Get a pen and paper. Start typing it in your URL browser. youtube.com youtube come every single thing listen to me i cannot stress this enough i cannot stress this enough i can't listen to me listen come here friend come close if you're going to fully immerse yourself in what god's called you to do that means you've got to be in it all the time You've got to be thinking about it all the time. Throw yourself into it. That means there's not a. If, if God's called me to be, you know, if God's called me into the NFL and He's anointed me for sports, then I would be a fool not to go on YouTube and watch every single thing of every. Let's say it was a linebacker, famous linebacker, the best linebackers. You can watch them all. I would be a fool if I was called to be a cook to not watch Gordon Ramsay videos all day every day. Watch, you know, how the best of the best do it. I would be a fool, because you know, the whole book of Proverbs is it says those who who look after knowledge and seek wisdom, those are the the people that are wise. You're a fool if you hate wisdom. You're a fool if you hate correction. If you're a fool, if you don't seek after these things. And listen, YouTube is the greatest. I I can't even tell you how important it is. And I'm not talking about just watching YouTube videos for the sake of watching YouTube videos. I'm talking about throwing yourself into the thing that God's called you to do. If, If you are called to be a cook, watch the best cooks if you're called to bake watch the best bakers if you're a graphic designer there's hundreds and thousands and thousands and millions of videos on there about graphic design about every single thing you could possibly imagine no matter what you're called to do you can find hundreds of videos about it about the best of the best how how do they do it what what are their techniques what brought them to success now I'm gonna watch it I'm gonna fully immerse myself in it and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna have a greater result than even them because they're a sinner and I'm righteous you got to think like that what really got me thinking about this whole thing is that you know and, and I'm really tired I am I'm really tired of people saying well you know they'll see someone who's let's say good at graphic design well that's that's cool that you you're good at graphic design and you you know you do Photoshop and stuff but you know I'm just not good with computers I'm just you know I'm not good you know I tried I'm I I just I can't run a computer to save my life I'm just I tried Photoshop I can't do it man it's just so hard there's so many different things how come you can't do it you you cannot be that stupid it doesn't take any brain power to go on YouTube and search up how to Let's say, um, delete background in Photoshop. Figure that out. Do that. Don't say you can't do things. My uncle talks about this all the time. Don't say you're bad with computers. You know, he tells the story. One time he was at a church. He was preaching out while he was a youth pastor. And he took cards. He, he, he went on Photoshop because he taught himself Photoshop. He went on Photoshop and created note cards so that the youth after he'd done preaching he they could have something in their hands to take home with them and to uh, remember what he's preached so that they can they can see it and he typed it up real nice and he he designed it a graphic design in photoshop and he printed them all out and he brought them to the church and and he said hey i, br- I brought these cards for the youth just to help them out and the guy said oh man these are awesome wow I wish I wish I could do Photoshop. I wish I could do these things for the youth, but you know I'm just not good with computers. And he said, he tells the story. He said to him, without thinking, he said, "Oh, that that's funny. I thought you were filled with the Holy Ghost." And the guy was like, "What do you mean? I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't say you can't do things. Don't say I'm that bad at computers." This this is what the Bible says. The Spirit of Truth. That's the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth he teaches you all things the Bible says that about the Holy Spirit he teaches you all things he doesn't teach you all things minus Photoshop all things minus illustrator he teaches me all things except you know how to make a souffle it's not that when you have the Holy Spirit he'll lead you into what you're called to do so you have like I said before you have a severe advantage So don't say you can't do things. And it's funny, I had, you know, I'll I'll try to be as discreet about this as possible. I had someone um, text me late at night. You know, because back in the day, this wasn't long ago, this was probably a year ago. um, If you've ever, if you followed me at all, I used to, me and my, my best friend Lilia Petty used to do a program called Lilia and Alex Go Live. And uh, it started out on Instagram, and we would just go live and, and preach the word, and um, then it moved to YouTube, and we started doing live streams, then we started doing edited videos, and we posted on YouTube, you know, and we did, de- you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like crazy, like millions and millions of views, but, you know, we, we got a consistent following, you know, and people would come onto the live every week, we'd have it every Friday at 9 o'clock, and. Uh, and so with that, you know, I had to learn, I, I've never been like the most tech savvy, quote unquote, like when people would talk about my family, you know, I have three brothers, an older brother and two younger brothers. When they talk about, you know how like, when people talk about your family, they're like, oh, that's that's so-and-so, he's the tech guy, or he's the sports guy, or he's good at that thing. You know, everyone's good at something in a family. Well, I was never the guy that was good at tech. I wasn't so inclined to tech. And I wasn't so inclined to to computers. And I was just good at computers. I was never like that. That was actually my brother's thing. My older brother, Nick. He's a genius when it comes to computers. He's a coding genius. He he knows hardware. He knows software. He can... I mean, he he's seriously good. He's got a gift. But I never, like was at that level where I'm always just drawn to computers and drawn to tech and stuff I I was proficient at best with computers but as we started editing videos and live streaming that takes some you know tech savviness you need to know some things so what was I gonna do like oh man I wish we could do that but wish we could live stream but I just don't know the first thing about live stream and I don't really know the first thing about about editing videos, you know, I'm I'm not good with computers. That's my brother's thing. That's Nick's thing. You know, I'm 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 good at at you know teaching the word, and I'm not gonna you know know what am I? What a lazy person I would have been. So I I learned. I went on YouTube and I looked up. I it started a rabbit trail. I started looking up how to live stream. I started listen. You don't have to have the best gear. Stop. Stop waiting until you have the best of the best. I started live streaming on my phone with the f- my camera phone. If you want to make videos, flip around your the thing you're listening to me on right now and start recording with that. Start with what you have. So we started out with my phone and some computer that I found that my family stopped using. It was, it was, was terrible. It was a terrible computer. But I started learning how to do it. Started learning how to stream on YouTube then I learned how to split the stream and stream on Facebook and YouTube then I learned how to do get the comments up then I learned how to do graphics then I learned how to advertise with you know I learned how to make graphics with Photoshop Then I learned it I'm not saying I got to like crazy levels but I went and and put in the time I watched YouTube videos you video after video after video after video after video until you can do a thing don't say well you know I wish I could advertise but you know I'm not good at Photoshop or I'm not good at graphic design I was, you know that's not my thing uh, if God's called me to do it it better be my thing it, it has to be your thing do, make it your thing don't limit yourself and say well that's not my thing make it your thing you've got the Holy Spirit So I started watching YouTube videos. Then I got good at streaming. Then I started Photoshop. Then I started Illustrator and and, and logo design. Just learning it because I realized, look, if I'm going to be useful in the kingdom, which I'm called to do, I'm not. All, I can't always rely on other people's tech savviness. You know what am I going to do? Like as I launch my ministry, well, I wish I could. I wish I could uh, make a logo for my ministry, but I guess not. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if my brother can do it no I want to be someone who's all around useful to the kingdom and if you're not if you you say that those things like well I'm not inclined or like if you don't have a natural gift like i i don't I don't have a natural gift to do graphic design or whatever video editing i but I did it I made it my thing. You know, I, I'm not. I'm. To be honest with you, I'm not naturally inclined to reading. I don't. I, you know, some people they. Uh, it seems like they come out of the womb and they just love to read. That's great. I never grew up loving to read. But li- literally, and I'll t- I'll show you how how serious I am about this. Literally, I realized I'm I'm not naturally inclined to reading. I don't love reading. So what did I do? I went on YouTube, and I searched up how to start loving reading, and I watched a video on it. Then I watched another video on it, how to, how to develop a love for reading, because I realized that's a useful thing, and I'm going to have that. I'm not going to be someone who's just one-sided. Being all around, be an all-around. Be so useful that you can do this, you can do that, you can do... And, and it's funny, because like, my uncle's a prime example of it. I mean, insane, he's not just a, a good preacher, he's not just a good keyboard player, he's not just a good graphic designer, you know, he whatever he needed to do, he just learned it. I was over at his house one time, and um, I was visiting down in Florida, and so, you know, we ended the visit, and he was, uh he's like, I'm going to start learning Greek, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And he said, he said, I want to start doing my, my devotions in Greek. So I said, oh, that's cool. And, you know, thinking like, oh, he's going to learn some Greek. Like he's going to go into a strong concordance and learn some Greek. And so I come back like one month later. He he got two Greek books or whatever and started watching videos. And, he, and then he sat down with his Greek New Testament and started reading me John chapter 1 in Greek and translating it while he was reading it. that's the kind of person you have to be a lifelong learner that is vitally important a lifelong learner listen you don't I'm telling you school and I, I, I told this I told this to my kids in youth uh, in youth group I said listen the things that I say like <laughs> would make you like the worst youth pastor like I say things because <laughs> I told them I was like some of the things you people say, to youth they're just lying through their teeth well you should really put school first no you shouldn't put school first put God first and watch how little your school grades matter seriously people say that to the to like youth group all the time well you know it's important that you put school first and really put your grades first and they say like you know where were you I didn't see you at youth well I had homework oh that's okay that's good that you're putting no put God first don't put school first, that's an idol so I don't tell them that, I say listen what does it matter if you have straight A's and you're spotty in the kingdom of God you're sometimes there and sometimes not I tell them, put God first and then put school get your priorities in order but I, I told them like um what, what got me on that why did I say that Oh, you know, most people say like, well, you know, you learn a lot in school. It's really important. Listen, you don't learn anything. Uh, Listen, of the things, like of the wide variety of things you should be learning in your life, which never ends, by the way, when you get to your deathbed, you should still be learning things. Um, Of like the, if it's a pie chart, all of the things that you're going to learn in life, about 3% you're going to learn in school. And the sad thing is most people stop at that 3%. Well, I graduated from high school and I got my my bachelor's and so I, I'm done with school, I'm done learning. And but they don't even realize you've learned 3% of what you should know. Don't stop at college. I mean, for real, high school, the way public schools are set up, and I'm not gonna bash on private schools and, and homeschools. I, I I you know I put stock in that, but but the way private school or public schools are set up, they don't teach you anything worthwhile. I mean, there's some things they'll teach you that are worthwhile. Teach you how, how to critically think that those things are good. But of, of like content, like even me, like I'm telling you, even me just graduated last year. High school in 2021, I graduated. Um. I, listen, I took four years of Spanish. Coming out of high school, I don't remember one, like I remember a couple of words. That's how, and, and actually to, to the same effect, I realized that I, I'd forgotten Spanish. So I started watching YouTube videos. Started learning Spanish again. Be a lifetime learner. Don't don't let school be, be the end of when you stop learning. Because to, if, if you're going to think about it, those things that you're called to do, most people aren't called to be a mathematician or an english major or or, you know a communications expert most people like what do they teach you about about um... you know engineering in school they don't so you've got to learn everything you're going to learn about engineering outside of school so don't rely on high school or public school or even college to teach you everything you know Be, be tenacious like paul told timothy completely immerse yourself in these things throw yourself into the tasks why? Because he wanted Timothy to be the best minister he could possibly be, not some mediocre minister. You know, I, I I said this earlier. I was talking to a couple people and I've been thinking about it. I think worse than, um, like scarier than being a terrible minister. I mean, fill in the blank, not minister, but whatever you're called to do. Worse, but in my mind, in, in my case, worse than being a, a, a terrible minister with like Zero results. Scarier than that would be being a mediocre minister. I would rather crash and burn than be. I would rather crash and burn going at it, than coast through life. Come to the end of my life and be at the same place I was, 20 years earlier. Like th- th- be, the thought of being mediocre at anything should disgust you. Have have a have such a a tenacity to be the best. Don't settle for mediocre. Please don't settle for mediocre. Immerse yourself. Cause let me tell you, if you want to be the best, the best of the best immerse themselves in their tasks. Let me look up. This is actually I should have prepared this beforehand, but it just came to my mind. Let me look up a quote. Huh, this is what what I wasn't what I was looking up, but this is what Elon Musk said. Here's one of his quotes. You've got to work at least 80 hours a week to make a difference. Nobody ever changed the world on 40 hours a week. And Elon Musk is someone to listen to. Guys changing the world with multiple companies. Let me look up this. I apologize for doing this in front of you guys. So embarrassing. I saw this on Instagram yeah this is the quote this is what Elon Musk said working 16 hours a day 7 days a week 52 weeks in the year and people are still calling me lucky think about that working 16 hours a day 7 days a week 52 weeks in the year and people are still calling me lucky yeah yeah because if you want to be the best of the best you're not gonna if you want to be above average you've got to do more than average if you want to be great you've got to do great things put time into it if you want to be the be, if you want to be the best baker in the in the your city then state then region then then country then fully go at it i mean how how disappointing would it be to get at the end of your life, and go to heaven, and see how much more you could have done? God values people that take action; they immerse themselves in their calling. He rewards them for that. In Matthew twenty-five, Jesus tells a parable of us, of the three servants. He gives ten talents to one. Five talents to one, and one talent to one. And, uh, and so the one with ten invested it and got ten more. The one with five invested it and got five more. The one with one buried it in the ground. And when Jesus came back, who was the, the master in the story, he said to the one with ten, Well done, good and faithful servant. Because he invested it. He put to work what God had given him. And so he got ten more. Then the next person put five to work, got five more. Well done, good and faithful servant. The one with one came back. The guy with the one said to the master, I knew you were a hard man. And so I buried it in the ground because he didn't want to lose it. And you know what Jesus said? He didn't say, oh, well, well, that's okay. I only gave you one. And really, I should take some from the guy who had 10 and give it to one so it's equal distribution of wealth you've heard me say this before jesus is not a socialist you know what he said he said you wicked and lazy servant you wicked and lazy servant then he took the one that he had given it and he didn't what did he do he gave it to the one who had 10 and and got 10 more now that guy had double and more Than what he originally had. Because he put it to work. God never. I mean. In the eyes of God. Maintaining or being average. Is wicked and lazy. Wicked and lazy. He's given you a gift. Now it's up to you. It's his expectation. What was his first command to man? He said. Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and take dominion. Be fruitful and multiply. He said to Joshua go up arise from these people he said wherever the sole of your foot shall tread you'll be on land that i've given you take dominion take authority the kingdom of heaven suffers violent but the violent take it by force you've got to be let that way in whatever field not just not just in in the ministry but in in business we need kingdom business people We need kingdom entrepreneurs. We need kingdom lawyers and doctors and teachers. We need those people. Did you know? It's funny. I pulled this up. And I'll close with this. I've given you two points in the last one. It's kind of a given. So I'll give that to you. But I looked up this passage of scripture. Because it's always interesting to me. How the Lord did this in the Old Testament. In the book of Exodus chapter 31, and, uh, and verse, verses 1 through, start at verse 1, and the Lord said to Moses, you know, they were building the tabernacle of God, God commissioned them to build the tabernacle where he was to live, it's a pretty high standard, so lo- the Lord said to Moses, see I've called by my name, I've called by name, Basilel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, I've filled him with the Spirit of God. For what purpose? To preach? No, no, no. With the ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and carving wood to work in every craft. And behold, I've appointed him with Aholiub, the son of... I'm not even going to try that. The tribe (laughs) of Dan. And I've given... "...to all able men ability, that they make, may make all that I've commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the mercy seat on it, and the furnishings in the tent, the table, and the utensils, and the pure lampstand, with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offerings, with all its utensils, and the basin and the stand, finely worked garments." So notice, God didn't God anointed men and women he anoints men and women to be for in this case a craftsman he gave him this is what he said i filled him with ability and intelligence knowledge in all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs he actually anointed Basiel to be a craftsman to be a carpenter to work with his hands he anointed him to do those things in an Old Testament context so how much more is he gonna anoint you who Who already has the mind of Christ if you have got the mind of Christ what can't you do what I mean what can't you do and I told you I wasn't gonna go long so I'm not gonna lie to you so the first thing have a desire to increase and be the best number two fully immerse yourself in it number three be consistent was watching that, uh, you know, I told you, I, I've recently started to uh, <laughs> learn how to learn. Learn how to be a, a good reader. And learn how to uh, have a love for reading. And, and in that video, I forgot who this guy was, but he was he was serious. Oh, I think he was a, a professor at Harvard. and he was talking about habits and he said instead of you know you know how people say well I would love to do that I'd love to read let's take that as an example I'd love to read but I don't have the time in my day to read you know I'm just so busy I'd love to to practice Photoshop and stuff but I you know I uh I just don't have the time in my day I'm I'm a pretty busy person first of all busy with what if it's your calling you should be busy with that number two this Harvard professor said something interesting and it's such a greater way of looking at a day because you know if you're going to be great at things it doesn't happen over the overnight it it takes daily dedication. So if we're talking about immersing ourselves fully in it that means you know he Paul told Timothy immerse yourself in it so that your progress may be seen to all. See so that that's the goal is that your progress by the end of 2022 you're going to look completely different than the, that, as the beginning. You're going to be better at what you're called to do. Immensely better. But it takes daily dedication. It's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not like, oh, I watch one YouTube video now I'm the best. It's going to take practice. And so he said, instead of looking at your day as, you know, I've got 12 hours. I've got six to six. Instead of thinking about that. And about oh, I wake up and then I've got to get ready and then I go to work and then or I go to school and then I get home and I've got homework. Instead of looking at that, divide your day into half-hour segments. Given, just think about this. Providing that, just assuming that you sleep eight hours a day, which most people don't, by the way. Most people, if you're in high school, you probably sleep four to six hours a day, even though you should be sleeping more, but like scientifically you know Um, just providing that you're taking eight hours a day to sleep let's assume that getting good sleep every night you've got instead of looking at your day as, as a whole bunch of hours and you've got things to do divide your day into half hour segments you've got 32 half hour segments 32 half hour segments And so if you read, I believe this is what he said, if you read for 30 minutes a day, think about this, 30 minutes a day or four hours a week, you will have read a hundred books. Not a hundred, what was it? It was like, let me do quick math here. 200, over 250. Books a year. not no, 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 that's way off. That's way off. I just did the math by. No. But you'll have read a lot, a lot of books. I believe that he said the, the average person reads five books a year. And with doing this, he will have tripled it or quadrupled it. So you've got to have a daily segment. with. Instead of thinking of, about your day as like one big stretch of I've tried to get cram everything in, set aside time. Just like you set aside time for for uh, reading your Bible and praying, which are the most important things. Don't ever say, well, I'll get to it at some point. Put, put in your schedule. In the same way, put into your schedule. A 30-minute section, I'm going to read about this for 30 minutes. I'm going to practice Photoshop for like this for 30 minutes. I'm going to cook and I'm going to bake for 30 minutes. I'm going to read a, a book, a business book for 30 minutes. I'm going to look, you know, I'm going to practice art if you're, if you're skilled in drawing and painting. 32 segments. You've got that in a whole day. That sounds a, a whole lot more than one day. 32 segments. Think about it like that and it'll help you. It'll severely help you. Coming in under an hour. But listen, this was super important. Hope you took notes. Um, I'm going to pray for you. But before I do, I want you to understand that this is for youth. I'm not talking about you're 30 or you're 40 and you have a family already and this will help you. That no, no. This will help you while you're young to be the best. Don't wait until you're 30 to be great. Be great. Be great after you graduate high school. Expedite your calling. Expedite, you know, where people takes people 30 years to do something. Do it by the the age of 20. Takes people 40 years to get this or do that. Do it by the age of 20. Expedite your own calling by your faithfulness. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus name. Thank you for every single young person watching. listening to this podcast today I pray that you would anoint them to do whatever you've called them to do Lord if those of of the listeners right now don't know what they're called to do I pray you'd reveal it to them in this time of fasting and prayer I pray you'd reveal to them their divine calling and give them divine direction and Lord for those who do know what you've called them to do anoint them to do that task give them the spirit of wisdom and understanding anoint their hands to do work anoint their minds we thank you that you've given us the mind of Christ we thank you that we're going to be more productive in 2022 than we've ever been and it's going to blow people's minds how quickly we can obtain your blessings quicker than any sinner or natural person could do Lord let us possess things by the age of 20 and 25 and 30 by the time you know faster than it takes most people to get it by the age of 50 expedite our callings in Jesus name amen amen well that's just an hour i love you guys check out the instagram instagram last the.last.gen on instagram it'll help you we've got great content on there for you i'm sure i was super loud and i think This whole time, these walls are pretty thin In the hotel So I feel like the whole time Zach could just hear me yelling at the mic Zach, if you can hear me, knock twice Okay, well I love you guys I'll see you next week with a new episode But stay up to date with the last gen Stay strong on the fast The next time I talk to you We will have been eating So it's going to be great Stay strong, keep pressing in I love you And I'll catch you guys next week.